Hey, hey, hey. Happy Tuesday with Tamika. Thank you all so much for being here for yet another episode of Tuesday with Tamika, where you guys already know what it is. We believe in lifting as we climb, turning our trials into treasures, living a life to inspire and not impress, and letting God fully restore us. I am super excited about this interview that we have today. I know that it's going to be good. It is going to be jam-packed full of energy, full of laughs, and really full of insight. So as you are preparing to listen to this episode, make sure you go and grab your pen and grab your journal because you guys know here on Tuesday with Tamika, we put things on paper on purpose. So before I invite my guest in, I want to tell you all a quick story. This interview actually almost was postponed like 10 minutes prior to us jumping on. I was getting ready to email my special guest and tell her that we would need to postpone this recording. And it's because my technology wasn't working. I need you guys to lean in and come with me as I tell you this story. So I went over to Best Buy and initially the technician looks at my computer and he's like, well, I see why it's not working because my screen is cracked. Now my screen is cracked because I was on a flight and you guys already know how they don't care about our things the way we care about them. So my computer was actually damaged in the flight. And I said, I know that the screen is broken, but I feel like there still can be another way for my mic and for my keypad to be connected. So I want to pause there and just share with you all on the outside. There's some people listening to this podcast now that on the outside and maybe even in the inside, you feel and you look broken, you look damaged. But if you connect to the right source, you can still work like that thing that that vision that you have, that plan that you have for your life, it will still work. The thing is, is you have to make sure that you are connected to the right person. I had to go to the right person because I didn't have the resources to connect my keypad and to connect my, my microphone. But literally within a few clicks, he was able to connect it and everything is working out beautifully despite what it may look like on the outside. So I want to I wanna bring in my special guest because I feel like she is going to have some valuable content to share with just that opening story. As I was driving back home, I said, oh my God, this is so good. And nothing is wasted, you guys. Write that down. Everything in your life that you go through, every bump in the road, every perceived problem is a or something to add to your toolbox. Nothing is worth uh, wasted. So before I get too excited, hey sis, you have a minute? <laughs> hey, sis, hey sis, you got a minute? 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 I do, I do. And I love, love, love that story. You're so right. I was like, oh my gosh, story of my life. <laughs> it's like everything. <laughs> like I was like, oh my gosh, that's like my my entire childhood, my full adulthood, I was like, that story just resonates with me so much. And I'm Christina Lucia, by the way, I should have said my name. <laughs> I, I was just so taken by your story. I was like, wow, what, what right? a story. Isn't, what, it, isn't what? that just like how life is, Christina? I want you to share with the audience, you know, all that you do, but isn't that how life is? We get 
a bunch of little broken pieces or, or we are the broken piece sometimes, but as long as we connect to the right source, which for me, that's God, right? As long as I'm connected to God, literally all things, it doesn't matter what's going on around me, who says no, who rejects me, who tells me I'm not enough. As long as I stay connected, everything always works out. It's so true. And, you know, in both my, my personal path, like I've always had a very natural and strong sense of faith and a very mm -hmm. natural and strong sense of imagination. And I feel like imagination and faith go hand in hand. And so I am, I am Catholic. I was raised Catholic and people, I've had people assume that I'm Catholic because I was raised in an Italian Catholic family. I'm like, no, it's who I am. Mm. And I realized that my sense of faith and spirituality comes to me very naturally. Mm. And I realized because of that, I'm able to embrace my religion, embrace my faith in a certain way. And the healing work that I do in light of what you just said to like add on to that, one of the biggest things is I am, um, I am an adult child, meaning that I am in a healing program from growing up in a dysfunctional family from being abused. And through working through my traumas has actually led me to this present moment where I'm here with you and your audience yeah. talking to you. And that's why your story resonates so much with me. Mm -hmm. And when you work your 12 steps, the first 12 step is believing in a higher power, believing in God. Mm -hmm. And when you believe in your higher power, you release a sense of control. And when we release a sense of control, you have a choice and you have a responsibility for that choice. Yeah. And when you realize you have a choice and responsibility, there is a great sense of freedom that comes to you. Mm. And the flip side of this, because for me, step one, I read it and I was like, of course there's God. Of course, of course <laughs> there's a higher power. And that's where, but so my journey with that step is actually very different. My journey is having patience for others, mm. having patience for others that that step doesn't come so naturally to me. Mm. My step comes naturally. My step comes from when people in my program have changed the step to a higher power. I'm like, what do you mean it's not God? What do you mean God? If like, it's God not listed. I'm like, Christina, respect. Like, yeah. it's okay. some people, higher power works better. But to me, there is God. Like I have a whole story. I, I know I lost my grandma. I've lost my mom very mm. recently in the past couple of years. And I do have some very beautiful images and stories about heaven and I do hold them close to me because I, I don't, I do struggle when people tell me, oh, it's a story. I'm like, no, it's real. Cause it it's is real. real. It's me. It's you me. Know, like, I do. Yeah. Go ahead, you know what you said was so, oh gosh, there's so much that you said that was beautiful. <laughs> but one thing that you just said that really resonated with me is being an adult child and learning to heal your inner child. So this morning, because I, I'm in California, Christina's in, where are you at, Christina? I'm in New York. I'm in, New, in York. New York. Yes. <laughs> so I have a lot of clients that are in New York or that are in, I had a client this morning that's in Georgia. So there's this mm. time difference. So a lot of times I have to get up early. So I had my first client this morning at 6 a.m. my time, because it was 9 a.m. her time. Yeah. And one of the things we talked about is this integration, like when you heal, there's this integration that happens with your, with your inner child and with your adult self, because there's many of us 
that are walk that have, you know, been walking around as a full grown 30, 40 year old, but yet your behaviors, your actions, and even your emotional state is stuck at that place of trauma. So I want, and, and so that was super beautiful. But then the other thing that I want us to unpack, so I really want us to un- unpack that adult child like behavior and thought process and the healing that comes. But the other thing that you said is imagination, because I know your imagination has truly, it's, it's your gift and it's what really pays your bills. And so many people, as we grow up, you know, what is it? I think it's Peter Pan where he says like, don't lose your imagination. Right. And that to me is a trick of the enemy. I don't like to talk about the devil or bring him or give him any credit and hardly anything that I do. But I do believe that that is one of the biggest traps that adults fall into is they've stopped playing and they stop Mm -hmm. imagining. Let's talk about wherever you want to start, because I feel like both of those topics are so big and so needed and will help so many people. Absolutely. So the biggest thing with my healing, um, so I'll give a little bit about my background. So I grew up in rural Massachusetts. I went to New York for the first time at 10 years old and I took one look at the city and said, I'm going to live here. And both my parents looked at me like, you're 10. Like, (laughs) are you serious? You're 10. And I did at 18, I moved here. I went to school on Long Island, moved in at 22, right after, like literally a week after vacation. Like I found an apartment with the help of friends driving me in, you know, I always brought a buddy because, you know, you want to be safe, you know, mm-hmm. and again, I'm a country girl. I mean, I'm a city girl at heart, but I grew up in country. Yeah. So, you know, you had to be realistic. Like I had to learn, like I had to learn a lot of stuff on my own and neither of my parents are city people. I'm mm. um, still aren't city people. So again, there are, there was a learning curve for myself. And from the early age, even before I did my healing work, I, I was making choices and taking responsibility for these choices. I just wasn't aware of it. Mm. The other piece of my story I should share is I've always, always, always been a creative. I've always been highly imaginative. Mm. I started formally training in art when I was seven years old. Wow. And my art teacher took me early. Um, Normally, she didn't take kids say we're nine because the reason why I say this is for those in the audience that have children that are in art lessons. So I'm not talking just about paint by numbers. I'm talking about learning not only learning to draw, but learning how to shade, learning your color wheel, how to mix colors, perspective, um, how to work with different mediums from pencil, charcoal, pastel, um, and then acrylic. It wasn't until later I started doing watercolor. Mm-hmm. But the one thing I will say I got from my, I got many things from my first art teacher, Mrs. Gay-Gwen, Joanne Gay-Gwen, and I'm forever grateful for it. She taught me techniques I still do now. And mm-hmm. I carried over into my art, um, art degrees that both my degrees are in the art um, that I still apply, but also she gave me room to play. Mm. She gave me room. Like she never said, you have to draw this. You have to draw that. She let me draw what I want. Mm-hmm. And she was giving me gentle corrections because unfortunately I did grow up in a dysfunctional family. Mm. I was abused constantly. I was misunderstood. I was... And I realized part of that is because my caregivers, particularly my mom and I were the ones where the dysfunction originated. Mm. My mom, unfortunately, did suffer from anxieties and narcissism. And she she didn't have the vocabulary to talk about feelings. And what led me on my healing path 
So because I grew up in a social family, I actually was living a double life for a long time mm. where I was working in corporate Wall Street during the day and then doing my drawing and dancing because I am a competitive dancer as well. And I started dancing as a kid, took a break from it, never thought I was good enough. And then I found my way into international Latin and never looked back. Wow. And so that's why I too, if my voice is a little scratchy, I was out dancing last night. I was in my lessons. I was in the studio last night working on stuff. And before I hopped on, I was doing my dance practice. I practice every day. So I dance and draw every day presently. Mm. But there was a period in my life where I was fitting it in. It wasn't my staple. And mm. my mom and I had a big fight. And it was it was one of those bottom bottom moments. And that's what led me to start seeing a therapist. And then my therapist led me into other therapies. And then when she released me, that's when I found my ACA work. And the reason why I bring that up is because the biggest thing I remember from my first therapy session is my therapist asked me, how are you feeling? Mm -hmm. And I could not answer that question. Wow. And that's when she gave me the feelings list. And through my therapy, what we worked on and what I still work on is my, what you mentioned before is my inner child and my critical parent. Mm. And what I've realized is that learning to talk about your feelings is a skill. And when we work on how to express our feelings and how to recognize our feelings, we're able to communicate more effectively. Yeah. And the other thing I realized too, is that critical parent and inner child, we're never going to, they're never going to evaporate. They're always going to be there. And it's about living in harmony with them. Yeah. And the other thing I've Exactly. Yeah. And the other thing I've realized too, which is where I have to, what I work on because I'm a dancer, because I'm a creative, I'm also very disciplined because mm. in order to dance and illustrate the way I am. And now that I'm an author as well, it does, you need to have discipline. You know, like, you know what I, you're sharing? I can't... Oh, oh no, I was just gonna just chime in just really quickly about um, the creative side. I feel like there's many people that are listening right now and they're pro they're like, minds are probably already being blown because they're like, I draw, I sing, I dance. Like they're, they're having all these like aha moments. And I don't think people realize that that creative side is like a protection. It's what it's, I feel like it's the gift to the wounded child. Creativity mm -hmm. is a gift to the wounded child. And a lot of times um, you said something that I was like, oh my gosh, that's going to be the name of this podcast. And I, I'm trying to remember it. So hopefully you could, it comes back to you, but you said your art teacher, she let you um, play oh. and draw, right? Yes. And so I love that, I that um, there was another, it's going to come back to me. I know it will, or I'll listen back to it and I'll title this episode that because it's so important for us not to be critical to ourselves when we're really, really, Christina, life is like a paintbrush. It's a, it's a, a canvas and we zero to 18, we have no, um, someone else is holding the paintbrush. And they're painting it for us and they're, they're directing us and they're showing us. But literally, I feel like at 18, we get a blank canvas and we get to paint the life that we want. How have you gone through your healing process? And I, I believe that healing doesn't have a period. So it's a continual thing, just it's like continual. you said. Absolutely. And I love that you said these things never go away because I have so mm -hmm. many of my clients, they say, well, when does it stop? And I say, never. You just learn to live in harmony with it. Yes. 
Yes. And it's beautiful. It's a beautiful harmony. Like I'm still working on, like, I don't want people to think like, oh, I'm in this like aura of harmony, but it's, it is beautiful though. Mm -hmm. Like it is beautiful because I will cry, but then I'll take a step back and know that something beautiful is around the corner. Mm -hmm. And that having that choice to know that is really amazing. It's really and also, too, if I could share this, too, I think you'll, I, I, I know you'll, not even I think, I know you're going to appreciate this. I really <laughs> believe that when God shuts a door, mm. it's because he's opening another one. And the other thing I want to add to that, too, is that, like, let's say we, like, for me, like, I want to be married. I want kids. I, you know, I want, I want certain specific things. So, like, right now, I'll give a more specific example. Like, right now, my book is in preview. And, you know, it's being previewed. And my goal is 50 reviews. And I'm on my way to 50. I'm over 30. I'm yes. going to get to 50 people. I'm an overachiever. I believe in myself. <laughs> I got this. But the people that have told me no, and mm. the people that told me, oh, well, don't be upset if you don't get to 50. A, I've chosen not to listen to those people because I know me. I'm going to reach 50. And God knows me too. And God's like, oh, dear God, these poor people. Like, they don't know what they're <laughs> dealing with. But also, too, when people, the people have told me no during the review, I realize this is God's way of saying, Christina, they're not the right 50 for you. Yes. They don't belong there. And the same thing with like dating. Cause like, I do want to be married. I do want kids. And every time I've had a breakup or every time something doesn't go through, I'm like, God knows where I want to be. Mm-hmm. Even the times where I met someone where I'm like, oh my gosh, I think this is it. Oh my gosh. I really want to immerse in this. He knows who I'm supposed to be with. Like he knows yes. who's supposed to read my books. He knows who, what children are going to love and cherish my toys. He knows that people are going to want to listen to me reading my book. And there's something, again, that's that choice and responsibility. Yeah. And when you put your, and I, I know it's hard. Like I'm saying mm-hmm. that for people out there listening to this are like, I get it. I know it's hard because I still struggle with it. Mm-hmm. And I do believe in God. I so I always have, I always will. And I know it's hard to trust in that. Cause I had a moment this morning and I thought, no, Christina, God is, God's holding you. He's taking care of you. And also I'll share this other really funny story. So my grandma is a pistol and <laughs> I, I believe, so I'm her name's like, that's why I'm a Lucia. Her name okay. is Lucy. We all, we, everyone knows her as Lucy, but she is Lucia as well. I'm named after her and she was so proud of that. I was her favorite, still her favorite, I believe. And, um, so I know I am. It's like, it's my <laughs> grandma. I know. I know I told her it's not obnoxious, but I do believe that God has an office. And I think my grandma has a waiting room. And I think when I have moments like this, moments where I get upset, I just have this, I can hear my mom's voice in my head. Like, don't worry, your grandmother's running to God's office for an emergency <laughs> meeting. And I just like, you know, I mean, like, like, and it's like, and I, and I, I believe we're all allowed to have our images of God, but I do believe he holds us. Like I do mm. so believe in the footprints poem. Like it's my favorite poem. I actually have it right over here on my, like my clown bookcase table thingy. And I believe in that, you know, I yeah. believe he does carry us and whoever your higher power is, if you trust and believe in him or her, um, you know, you want to be, um, you know, I'm very open-minded, although for me, God is a man. I'm Italian. What can I say? Like, it's just, <laughs> it's just how it rolls. I mean, like, I, I just, that's just like, I, I do believe God's Italian. That's just me. Like, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's so rude in me. I know that sounds totally crazy, but like, you know, you I, know what, you know, Christina, what's so funny about that? Because I always tell people, I feel like if Jesus was like here on earth, he would be like a rapper. And people are like, you can't say that about Jesus. And I'm like, no, he totally would be. Because if you read the Bible, the way he talked to people, he was like dissing them and he was giving them yeah. like, <laughs> so I think, that, yeah. 
I think that that's the beautiful thing about our imagination, right? Because he's literally going to come to us the way that we need to hear him. It's It goes back to the story I was talking about being broken, but the connector, the connector is going to connect exactly the way we need to connect. And I want to just encourage you really quickly because... <clears throat> And, and you're, you're really encouraging me because I've moved into this space of um, like relationships and my audience mm-hmm. knows, you know, I was just talking all about healing, healing, healing. And now recently I've started talking more about relationships and I started coaching women through their healing and onto like attracting the man of their prayers and who they truly mm-hmm. want. So I love that you're sharing that personal piece about you because I believe that when we heal, we can build, right? And I also want you to to kind of realize what you, I know you do, and I know you'll appreciate this. Um, Each time it gets better, right? So I'm sure when you were in like that dark place and, and starting your healing journey, you were probably attracting trash and crappy dudes and people that, right? And then now all of yes. a sudden it's like, yes. wow, they keep getting better. <laughs> well, something I could share too. So I, the day my mom and I had a fight, I met this man and I fell head over heels in love with him. And so funny story about him. Like he was very handsome and it's, it hurts because it, it did hurt. A, the breakup hurt. The fact that we didn't work out hurt for many reasons, but what also hurt is the women around me, when they saw this picture, they all said to me, oh my gosh, you, you went out with someone that handsome, blah, blah, blah. And it really hurt because I'm an attractive woman. Yes. Like I'm a really attractive woman. Honestly, we were a good looking couple. Like we <laughs> both, he had long hair. I have long hair. Like he was Turkish. I'm Italian American. I wear dresses and heels or like a cute flat. And like, he still had like jeans and leather jacket cowboy, but we're both very intelligent. Like we were a, a good match. Couple. So when women said this to me, I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, I know this man, but the other point of this story is, is when I did, when I did start my healing a year later, and this is something, so I was in, I went part of my healing steps before I got to ACA along the way. I was still with my therapist at this point. You know, I did do a landmark, landmark forum. And I feel like that was the forum was enough for me. I personally feel like ACA is a better fit for my healing because mm-hmm. I feel like it's more I'm one of those people where I need to leave the classroom. Mm. Like I'm good. Like I'm, I can send the classroom again. Christina, a, can you share ACS for us for pe- oh, folks ACS. that may be oh, um, not yeah, um, yeah. familiar with it? Oh, absolutely. So ACA stands for adult children of alcoholics. Yes. And there is a website and, you know, I'm after the show, I can, um, I will email Tamika. I will email Tamika. I'll email you their main website. <laughs> The beautiful thing about their website is that it's not only within the U.S., it's worldwide, it's international. And they have meetings both in person, um, on Zoom, via phone. And their website is set up so that you can type in your zip code and mm-hmm. you're given a list of meetings. And in addition to these meetings, there's there's different forms of the meetings, meaning mm-hmm. there are meetings specifically like working through the 12 step workbook with people. Mm-hmm. There are meetings like I go to where a fellow and I've been one of the fellows, like I actually really enjoy doing that host the meeting. And I genuinely like doing it. I'm a leader. I'm an overachiever. Like I love being <laughs> like, oh, yeah. like, and it's very, and, 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 yeah, it's actually too, for me, I, it's actually, I know this is part of my healing, stepping back mm-hmm. and not getting upset when I can't lead. Cause I had another fellow 
say to me, well, you already did it twice this year, but no one was volunteering. That's why I volunteered the second time. And then I got offended. Like, I'll just share this really fast. Like I did get offended because I've seen the two, uh, these two fellows sharing it over the past two months. And my inner child has been throwing tantrums. Mm-hmm. Like Christina, let it go. God, it's okay. Cause God's holding you. And also you don't have to be in charge all the time because mm. I raised my siblings. You know, I was in a space where I was, I was taught to grow up very quickly. That was also part of the abuse, unfortunately. I mean, and so I do, it takes me a minute to step back. Like it's much easier for me to cook a meal for 30 people than to go to a party as a guest of, of one of the 30 guests. Like it is, I know that sounds really wacky, but it's, it's just how I roll. And again, that's me working in harmony knowing that I have to talk myself off the ledge. Um, but anyway, I kind of got off topic about what you see. No, that's, that's so good. Just what you said, because I know people are wondering like, how, you know, how do I know if I'm an adult child, what you said painted a beautiful picture because people don't realize that that's something that Christina, I would go to a birthday party that like invite it. And I would be like cleaning up and doing it. And people are like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I, like that, that was my identity, right? Because I was parentified. Um, and so I, I was a parent at a very young age to children. I didn't birth, right? But they were my siblings. And I always felt responsible for everyone. And my identity was tied up into like being the leader, being the one to do it, being, you know, and this is still something that I'm working through and in, in secret, um, the cats out the bag, TWT family, I have not shared with people, but I used to attend, um, adult, um, child of uh, narcotics, because as you all know, my mom was, a um, and still is addicted to drugs. So I had to go through those steps to heal my inner child, because I would show up as four-year-old Tamika, six-year-old Tamika, and Mm -hmm. doing the work, I have really integrated um, to be the woman that I am today. So I love, you didn't go out on a tangent. I believe, like I said, nothing's wasted. That's so good that you shared that. The other thing I like to share too, so two resources that helped me. So before I started going to ACA, I read the Adult Children of Alcoholics book, which is a Mm -hmm. small, about two, 300 pages. And it's really about the signs of being an adult child, the things we go through and the other big thing. And it's like the, um, I mean, we're both, we're both Christian. So for us, it's the Bible, um, for other people, if you're Jewish, your Torah, the big red book, like mm. that's really powerful. And the other big thing about ACA work, cause a lot of times when people, a lot of people were unaware of my mom's anxiety and narcissism and my mom actually, um, the way I realized, like, I can't identify, I can't diagnose her as that because she's been gone for a while now, but, uh, gone for a couple of years, not a while, a couple of years, but I realized my mom was also a para-alcoholic, meaning she mm-hmm. had the, the characteristics of alcoholic. So the thing too, is when you have a parent, whether it's in my situation, like a para-alcoholic, or as you shared a parent who suffers from addiction or alcoholism, it's not about the actual consumption of the drugs, the actual consumption of the alcohol is the behaviors that result from that. Yeah, It's the unkept promises. It's the lack of talking about feelings. It's the, like, I remember once as a kid, because I have a birthday coming up and I was telling Tamika before how I'm gathering RCPs. And I'm getting a lot of people to say, oh, I'll try to make it. Oh, we'll see. And I see as God saying, 
you're not inviting the right people. Yeah. It's like, and it's okay. Cause I'm going to have a fun party. I know I'm going to have a fun party. I'm like, no, like I had a good cry this morning. And I was like, no, you're gonna, you're gonna, it's plenty of time. We're, we're at the end of January. My birthday is on February 15th. My party's on the 18th. Like it's going to be fab. Like I know me, <laughs> yes. it's fine. It's going to be great. And anyone that's saying no, they're crazy. Cause I'm the party girl. Like I'm right. the girl you want at the party. Like, it's like, what? Like when I host, I open the door with a glass of wine in my hand and my yes. on. I'm totally like pouring wine and like making homemade pasta and everyone's like, how are you still? And I'm like, I know, like I will find the right man. Cause I know the right man's gonna be like, I'm not letting you go girl. Like, yes. <laughs> but my point is, is like when you start focusing on the behaviors, mm-hmm. it does open up understanding and the other beautiful thing. And I imagine Tamika, you experienced this in your rooms too, that you've attended and been in. The, there is a, a non, there is a crosstalk policy in ACA, meaning that we don't give advice and we listen. Mm-hmm. And there's something very powerful about listening. So like what I was about to share is, so when I turned 12, it was my 12th birthday. I it very clearly. I said to my mom, I want homemade pizza for dinner. And my mom said, no, 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 we're going to make, I'm going to make you pasta. Mm. And I love pasta. I love making homemade pasta. I love my mom's pasta, but I I asked for pizza mm. and my mom told me no. And then I remember leaving the room and crying. And I went to my mom later and said, you know, you cooked me a really beautiful meal, but I really wanted this for dinner. And she told me I was wrong. Mm. Told me, no, I, I cooked you a nice meal. And then she actually told people about it Wow. and criticized me for it. And then I watched both my siblings ask for pizza and get pizza. And it's really not about the food. It's about the fact that I, it was my birthday and I asked for something. And And not being heard and not being seen and not being like all of those things that we need as a child to feel safe. And I love that you're sharing this story. I also want you to kind of give us some um, indicators as if you are struggling from this, but I also want to take it a little further because a lot of times we only think of like abuse being if your parent was like an alcoholic or a, a drug out, you know, all these different things that they have these, because one thing that you keep saying, and I'm like, yes, 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 that's it. It's the behavior. Like it's these behaviors, right? So I know several people just even as you're talking, their images are coming into my mind. And so it may be overconsumption of like church. There are some people that put church above their children. And so mm-hmm. they, they're these children of pastors and these children of people, and they never felt like their parents came to their events. They didn't come mm-hmm. to their, it may be workaholic, you know, your parents provided for you and they, you guys always had a roof over your head, but they never had enough time to sit and play with you or color with you or draw with you. And you, they didn't, you didn't have birthday parties and they always made it seem like, well, look, you have this roof over your head and children in Africa, which I never understood when people, when parents said that children <laughs> in Africa are starving. And it's like, what does that have to do with me? Right? Like, <laughs> I can't send them my dinner. Like there's nothing I could do. Right. But, but I want to, I want folks to understand that sometimes we minimize our trauma and our hurt because it's not as big as someone else's. But as Christina is sharing her mom, not cooking that pizza left a wound. 
It left a womb and it probably even made her feel like, well, you can't ask what what you need because people aren't going to give it to you anyways. And so I want us to literally take a moment after this podcast and think about all those times when you were a child and write down all the times your your voice got shut down or your your questions, the way you the things that you wanted, they weren't given to you and how that affected you today. <laughs> because I know that there's people listening to this podcast that are a part of the TWT family and I love you all or that are a part of Christina's tribe. And you guys are like, oh my gosh, like you're having these aha moments through the storytelling and through us illustrating what it looks like. So Christina, tell us some more like indicators or signs that maybe you're suffering and you are an adult child. A lot of, um, a lot of the signs that I've, I realized and found it's apologizing a lot. Mm. Um, that's a big one. And that's something that I constantly have to work on. It's also a fear of asking other people to commit to me. So the thing with adult children is that, and this also goes like the first book I mentioned, the one that's um, like the two to 300 pages, we either go one route or the other. And what I believe is that I do believe we are born a certain way. I believe we are born. And so there are, I believe there are two types of people where I shouldn't say just, I believe, but it's also in the book, like psychologists and other people that are qualified to write about this have talked about it. We are, programmed to be more hesitant or programmed to be more determined and mm. whatnot. What I believe happens with abuse in my journey, what I realize it enhances who we are. Mm. Now, if you're already typically hesitant to do stuff or you're already typical to commit, you go that way. So I'm an overachiever. So the abuse actually enhanced my overachiever, my consistency, because what it does is that it's this running if I can run so far and I can climb so high, no one is going to hurt me. Mm. I, had, I was with a man for a long time that would beat me. Mm. And it, I always realize, like, and I always think of the times that he would beat me. And I feel like it's like, how far can I run so that I won't be criticized, so that I won't be told I'm not good enough? Mm. Whereas the opposite, the inconsistency, it's like, well, I'm afraid of making a mistake. Wow. I'm going to be criticized anyway. I'm afraid of making mistakes. So it can go one or two ways. Now, for me personally, I already am an overachiever. I already am that. And it does show up in my life. Like I constantly, and I realize again, living in harmony, I am an overachiever. With her, I could grow, I could have grown up and leave it to be for household. Right. And I would still be an overachiever. And that's <laughs> the beauty of this too, is that it makes you realize that, okay, like I wasn't, doomed I wasn't put on the damned list like no like this is just who I am and it's something that I need to learn to work with and yes the abuse enhanced it and I have a choice to work through these traumas mm. and utilize that enhancement make it a beautiful thing at the same time it's also pulling back and realizing okay I don't have to do this yeah so wouldn't you is- say also Christina like being that overachiever and and healing through some of your childhood stuff it's hard to celebrate like it's hard mm-hmm. like when you have these big milestones like yes. I really want to get into some of the amazing stuff that you've already done but yes. isn't don't you sometimes feel like you have to slow down and celebrate because then it's already like on to the next thing because that wasn't big enough or that wasn't you know I didn't get what I want you know it didn't make me feel the way so you're almost on like this imaginary ladder and there's nowhere to go 
Absolutely. And I actually went through that before I went to ACA because I cut off a trip. I'm like, oh, I'm going to do this. And I get all excited for this next thing. And I'd be like, oh, that's it. Oh, that's it. And I've learned, I have been learning to slow down the past couple of years. Yeah. And when I do go away, and I've also realized too, because I love to travel mm-hmm. and Europe was one of my favorite places in the world. And I've learned, no, you choose two places to go to and you give yourself this amount of days to go mm. and you relax. Mm-hmm. and you immerse and something I can share is so my mom my mom left this world in 2019 and one of the biggest things in my healing journey as well is that I realized my mom my mom was sick mm. I do recognize that I recognize anxiety and narcissism are illnesses and I have to respect this other part of ACA that is so powerful is that I'm learning that I need to respect my mom's choices. Mm. I'm learning that even though there was a trauma on my 12th birthday, among other traumas, she was trying to be the best mother she could. Mm-hmm. And her version of being the best mother she could was saying no to me on certain things. Like in her eyes, she was doing something really great. But because of these other things, she couldn't see the opposite side. And with her gone, I realized the woman in heaven now is the one I wanted here. Um, mm. I have to be respectful that she's where she needs to be right now and wow. that she's safe and okay. But I also realized too, that she wasn't, she wasn't doing all these things on purpose. Wow. She wasn't purposely inflicting these things on me. She really was doing the best she could. Mm. And that's a phrase you hear a lot in ACA and therapy. Um, it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of time to get to that point where you can understand that phrase because it is a trigger phrase for a long, long time. So for people out there, I'm sharing it. I know I'm crying right now, but I'm sharing it because I realize it's a big point in my healing process. And the reason why I'm sharing it is so one of the other big things is my mom always said we travel together. And for one reason or another, it didn't work out. Like There was one trip I was supposed to go on with her. And one of my siblings wanted to go. And so she uninvited me and took that sibling mm-hmm. on that trip. Mm-hmm. And on top of it, she came back and told me all about the trip. And it just hurt even more because it was mm-hmm. a place I, was, I still haven't been to yet. I know I'll go there because it's me. But it, it like it hurt. You know, it hurt so much. And then she wanted me to go with her on this other trip. And I said, no, because it was a place I couldn't, I didn't want to go to with her and B, her anxiety was so bad at that point Mm -hmm. that because of my healing and therapy, I was like, I cannot be with her. And that's the other thing too. I've learned like there are other family members in my life that are still alive and well, but because they're not doing this work, I have my time limits and people judge me for not wanting to spend time with them. I'm like, no, they will not, they don't respect me. Their inner children come at me and they rage at me. And I learned to walk out of the room and let it go. It happened on yeah. Christmas Eve. Like I poured myself a glass of wine and I went in the other room. And I yes. was like, nope. And I think really one of the it. best things that we can do as we're healing is love and respect ourselves. You know, we oh gosh, so often yes. we we self-abandon. And so we self-abandon because we're looking for the approval. We're looking for the acceptance of other folks. Mm-hmm. But if they, like you said, if they're not on their healing journey and if they're not walking the walk and doing the stuff, they, they yeah. can't be with us and we can't be with them. Like why keep, why continue to put, your wounded self in an environment that's going to afflict more pain. So this self-awareness happens when you begin to heal and you realize like, 
there came a time where I would like set timers and I would say, I'm only talking to this person for this amount of time and this, and then once that time, but then now I'm at the point where I'm like, I don't have to, and coming to that realization of like, I don't have to, I don't whether, and, and you keep repeating it. It's a choice. Healing is a choice. Um, growing is a choice. You're changing your mindset, staying broken even is a choice because now we have access. We have access and tools to heal. So all of these resources that we're talking about, we're going to put those in the show notes. So those of you that are listening, you'll have access to those things as well. But Christina, I want to kind of bring this full circle and talk about the way you have reimagined, imagined your life. And what are you doing today? Because I know you have you're dancing and you have these books. I really want to hear about your books that you have illustrated and written and the audio. Like I want to hear how all of the things has brought you to this point where you're at. Uh, yeah. So the day, um, the day I found out my mom was ill, I swear it was my grandma. I, after I got off the phone with my father and it was my sister, I also spoke to that day. I went online and filed for my LLC. And then a couple of days later, I found out my mom had stage four lung cancer. Mm. And of course she got mad at me for getting upset. Cause I had no idea. Like, and I was like, okay, if I was a good, I'm a good Italian daughter. I was like, okay, mom, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> what do you need? You know what I mean? And I was positive for her. I was like, nope, I have a responsibility to be positive for my mother. And a week later, my mom passed and I actually was back here in New York because my emotional mm. tank was so low. And I realized I need to refill. And I was judged for that. I still am judged for that. But you know what? Again, like what you said. When you have someone in your life that's ill or needs more, needs you to be a hundred percent, you have a responsibility to yourself to refill. Yeah. And if your refill is going home and getting a good night's rest, if your refill is taking a break from visiting, you're not a bad person. You're actually doing them a favor because they need nothing but good energy and whatever you need to do to get that good energy, you need to do like you have a responsibility yourself first. And the day I remember coming home that day and I opened my mailbox and there was, I got my first piece of mail dressed to my LLC mm. and it was, it was saying that my LLC was approved and I knew it was my mom and grandma. I knew it was, I know my grandma hugged my mom that morning when she went to heaven and said, Linda, she's going to get this. Mm. She's going to get this sign. And at that point, <laughs> At that point, I just had these crochet characters that someone had pointed out to me a couple of months earlier. You have a business here because I was making them as baby gifts. I've been doing it for a couple of years. And actually, in light of the man I mentioned, it was actually part of my healing process of <laughs> healing from him, among other people, because I was dating like a maniac because I was trying to bury this hurt, you know? Yeah. And, but also, ladies, once you heal, and, and also gentlemen, once you heal, though, you realize what a jerk they were and how great it is that it didn't work out because that yeah. really happened with this guy. Like, I really realized, like, oh, thank God that one tabled when it did because it would have been a disaster if it was, like, if it got complex, you know. Um, and the characters, I knew the characters would lead me to an answer because people are giving me a hard time. Well, you do, how are you going to make all these? Can you manufacture? But I'm like, no, the character's going to lead to an answer. And I'm very, like I said, I'm an overachiever. I'm very diligent. And when I get a gut feeling, my gut feelings are very strong. And I've learned, 
again, I've learned through my healing work to trust those gut feelings because mm-hmm. also part of being an adult child is being a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. And when you recognize that you're a people pleaser and I'm guilty of that, again, I'm not perfect. I've done that and I still do it. And I'm learning, no, don't. You don't have to do that. You're not a bad person. If you're, if you're not inviting someone to this, you're not a bad person. If you're not giving this person attention, like, no, you need to focus your list. So I, I stuck with my gut and the characters led me to blog. Mm. And then my blog led me to realize I was just being an author. Wow. And I already had been an artist for my entire life. So that came in very naturally. And since I've made that discovery, I not only write my original blog, I also write a second blog. I just launched a podcast. Wow. Um, my books are, I, I have one, I have five coming out this year. The first one's in preview right now. Um, there's going to be 15 books in all. I'm actually working on the next five right now. They're already written. My editor's working on that. I'm actually illustrating a book right now. So I will basically by November this year, November, 2023, depending on when you're listening to this, I will have five books out. I will have five books ready, fully illustrated and edited and ready to come out in the following year. On top of probably knowing me, I probably will have like 11 through 15, at least like outlined if not written because <laughs> like let's face it I mean this is why I say I need someone special I'm gonna drive some man crazy like this is why it's so important that I cook well I'm a really good cook and a really good baker and I joke because my grandma was a piece of work but she was an amazing cook and I said we that attract men with our keeper. <laughs> I know we attract men with our looks we're all my grandma was a beautiful woman very beautiful woman I always say our looks attract the men our cooking keeps them like yes <laughs> like it's just how it is. That's just my family. I'm my, my, my sister, my other family members are amazing with like construction and power tools and fixing things. I'm not, I'm gonna be honest. Like I'm just not that girl, but, but what, to loop it back to what you're saying, um, my books are, my books and my mission are all about communication between mm. parent and child. And in my books, I can actually pull her out for you to say, so I have Bella, my main character and Bella actually is my child self. Wow. Um, Bella is my nickname and it's actually through writing these books where I realized because originally the name came from my friend's little girl Isabella mm-hmm. this is Bella and when I started writing I was like I, Bella's been my nickname for a long time but again people pleaser adult child I'm like I can't name a character no my friend's little girl actually led me to realize no like it, it took a toddler to make me realize in my healing work, realize, no, wow. I need to own this. Like Bella's my nickname. I should not be embarrassed that people call me beautiful or Bella, especially if they don't know my name. That's my mm-hmm. most common nickname. And I'm in New York City. So people are always catcalling at each other and like, yeah. <laughs> you just learn to ignore it. You know what I mean? Like in every big city, I'm sure in LA, you, you have like the same thing. Like, yes, <laughs> oh yes, we're city girls. But I realized that. Um, and also when I wrote writing these books, I realized the important, my healing work has made me realize the importance of communication and feelings. And that's what exactly what happens in each story. I've chosen transitions that we all go through and wow. I've chosen feelings that we all feel. Cause again, working off of that feeling list and what happens is when Bella feels anxious or nervous, her parents or her honor uncle or the other special adult in the story, they relate to her as an adult. So mm. it's that reality that moment of like, oh, even adults get scared. Even adults need to ask for help. Yeah. You know, that he, sense of humanity of uniting. And I also have an activities beyond the book section in the back of every book. Because again, it's like we were saying earlier about when we were talking about ACA, referring to these resources. 
you can listen to us talking, but let's face it, we all need a roadmap. And so that's what I do in the back of each book is I have activities beyond the book. So I'm pointing out things I do. So that way you can apply it to your family. Cause I, you know, I'm an aunt, I'm a godmother. Um, I'm an aunt to many beyond like my blood relative, beyond my nephew, you know, and even just from my godchild's family to my nephew's family, every family is different. Yeah. And every family has like a different way of doing things and different likes and dislikes. And it's all about that. You know, it's all about you taking it and making it your own. And the yeah. other thing I do, and I actually have a gift for your audience. So oh. in addition to my drawings, I do, I always storyboard when I illustrate. And when mm. I say a storyboard, it's a template for a coloring book. So mm-hmm. I have a coloring drawing for your audience because again, if you're listening to this and you're like, well, geez, Christina, you know, I don't draw. I'm not a dancer. Coloring is something we could all do. Mm-hmm. And it's a great way to let your inner child play. And it's great for you to play with your child. Mm-hmm. And coloring is soothing. It's relaxing. And there will be coloring books, actual coloring books coming out Wow. with my books too. We are working, I'm working with my team on getting that. Like, that's the thing too, when you both illustrate and write your books, it does give me this freedom. Cause like, it's not that middleman. I'm like, like I do it myself, you know, and I think I also had to thank you so much for that gift. I cannot wait. This has been so refreshing. Like I, it it was everything that I didn't even know that I needed to discuss today. And it's giving me so many ideas of how to continue to lead my audience, because I talk a lot about the inner healing and I have a visualization that I give them and, and literally to lead their inner child. And I can't wait for your books to come out because I am going to be one of the first ones because I, those, um, resources in the back are so needed and look at big girl bed oh my god that's so beautiful you all yeah is it okay if I read the dedication please do yeah um this is the dedication of my first book every book I'm doing a little just to make sure I cover everybody um but this dedication this is the first book of the series so I wrote this first book is dedicated to my trinity of angels my great-grandmother, grandmother, and mother who are at my side through this whole process. These books are love letters between my mom and I, which I wish to share with all the kiddos of the world. Special thanks to my dear friend, Sue, for writing this note to me at the beginning of my journey. Congratulations on the books, Christina. Your mom will be so proud of you. Love always, Christina Lucia, XOXO. I got chills. Ah. Yeah. If, if we had time, like I can actually share two stories of like how my mom, like, so I, I don't mean to go off topic again, but like, I do that a lot. Like I love telling stories. That's why I'm an <laughs> author people. That's why I'm a blogger. Like, please why share. Yeah. Yes. So although my mom wasn't good at saying, I love you, she said, I love you several times to mm-hmm. me. And it's come in different signs. Like my sister found my childhood lovey among her clothes. Um, my mom, my first birthday without her, I was in church and the priest invited, it happened to be my birthday is February 15th. And the priest asked who was a Valentine's birthday. It was actually me and the man sitting next to me. He wow. invited us not only on the altar, gave us chocolates, but also had the whole congregation saying happy birthday to me. And I knew it was my mom. Um, but the two most powerful, like, so in the other two powerful ways she said, I love you is when I went through her things, I was looking for this rosary that I bought for her in Notre Dame. Paris is one of my favorite cities. And she always gave me a hard time for loving it so much, but I bought her a rosary. And of course the Catholics out there are going to appreciate this. So we're, you know, we're obsessed about blessing everything. I'm the same way too. I'm like, is it blessed? Like, is it safe? You know, 
it's a Catholic thing. If you're Catholic, you know what I'm talking about. So my mom gave me this look on Christmas day. Like when I gave it to her, I'm like, it's blessed, relax. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> but I, um, I, so I was looking for it and I asked my sister uh, later on that day, I said, you know, I was looking for this rosary. I gave mom, I couldn't find it. She's like, can you describe it to me? They, they put it with her. It's with my mom. And I know it was my mom that intervened and chose it. And then the fourth story, I always like, I know I'm sharing four things, but I feel like they're really important. I want people, I, 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 I just feel comfortable with you and your audience. And I really want to give this, I really want it. It's helpful for me to say it, but also I hope it helps somebody that's listening. The other one is when I mentioned my mom and I never traveled together. So when I travel now, I know she's with me. But last year when I went on one of my Italy trips, um, so it was my third time in Italy and I chose Florence and Cinque Terre. And I swear it was, I kind of knew going, I knew going into it, my mom and grandma were calling me there. And that first night in the Piazza in Florence, I realized, oh my God, mom finally kept her promise. Mm. We're traveling together. Mm. And it was just this beautiful trip. And my mom's anxieties, like she was afraid of height. She was afraid of water. And people that have been to Cinque Terre, you know, like it's a lot of cliffs, it's a lot of climbing, and then the oceans out there, they're absolutely gorgeous. And I had so much fun on the beaches out there, but they're rock beaches. And when you go in, again, it's a it's like a natural way pool and it's super fun. But with my mom's anxieties, I know she would have never, she would have been freaked out. Like she wouldn't, I realized, oh my gosh, mom is in the ocean with me looking at this blue sky and then this super blue water. She's climbing these mountains and she's in Florence with me listening to people sing opera on the street and eating mm. amazing pizza. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and they're going really great guys to my pizza. I love pasta too, people. Don't get me wrong. I love making homemade ravioli. Like I love, love making pasta. It's like my favorite thing in the world. So don't get me wrong. I love pasta. <laughs> But, you know, I'm just like teasing my mom. She knows. Yes. Know. You're like, but I got my pizza. I got it. I got it. my pizza. I know. <laughs> it really isn't about the pizza. It was more about what you said about the yeah. not listening. That's the more mm-hmm. important part of the story. And then the other funny thing I'll share about that Italy trip. So I always shop in Europe because it's cheaper. I'm, I'm a frugal person. I like lovely things, but I also believe. And like, if I can get for a better price there, I'm going to go there. Like, I'm <laughs> I'm an investor. I'm realistic. And so I went to my store and again, it's always a gamble when you're buying couture overseas, you know, you never know if they're going to have exactly what you want. Mm-hmm. And so I said, no, I'm looking for a replacement of this. I actually had my piece with me. I was able to show them and sure enough, they did. And I, mean, I had to go back to my hotel to grab my passport for like the tax refund. I could just hear my mom's voice in my head. That's your grandmother. I'm not <laughs> shopping with you. That's your grandmother. Your grandmother, that, that's your grandma. Your grandma and you went shopping that. That wasn't I me. Grandma, that one. But I, Oh, I wanted Christina. to share that because oh. I do believe it just goes to show like, again, like what I said about like the pizza story, my mom didn't say no to me because she didn't love me. She said no to me because she did love me mm. and she thought she was doing what's best for me in the moment. Mm. And that's what healing has taught me. And that healing has opened my eyes to these beautiful things that my mom chose to take a piece of me with her. Mm. for eternity that she chose like even though I left to 18 like she was holding on to something really beautiful that we had that couldn't because of lack of communication and to loop back to my books that's also why I write about communication because I've I've seen in my own relationships how it's evolved my relationships but also I've seen even though my mom and I can't communicate through words right now I've seen how that open-mindedness can connect you with them and how you can still work things with them. And my mm. mom was a beautiful woman. She really was. Mm. And she yeah. really raised a beautiful daughter. And I feel honored 
so honored to have you on the TWT podcast and sharing all of these beautiful stories. I literally have traveled the world with you in this last hour. I felt like I was in Paris with you. I felt like I was in Europe with you. So I am so grateful for you sharing your heart with me and with the TWT family. And like I said at the beginning of this podcast, for all the listeners, nothing's wasted. And Christina really literally just made that very plain and beautiful for us. So until next week, what, wait, before I do that, Christina, how can we follow you? How can we get in contact with you? Please share all the places where we could purchase your books when they're ready, because that I know that there's so many people. I mean, I wish you all can see how beautiful these books are and how, oh my God, they're so cute. I'm thinking of my nieces. I'm thinking of, you know, the children that I get to serve in schools. I play a a a blessing that these books will be a part of curriculum for kids that have social emotional needs and they don't know how to communicate. I I just believe that this, these are going to go even further than you could even imagine because it's something needed. So how can we be in contact with you? Absolutely. So I have my website, which is www.triplecokl. I'm also on all social media. I am on Pinterest. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm the most active on Facebook and Instagram because of the nature of the content. Pinterest is more of a search. LinkedIn, I am on LinkedIn, but again, it's more B2B. Um, But the best way, and I do send out newsletters with my blogs and I have them, you know, press announcements. So like when this podcast is released, you know, I always like to do that. Like I always, I I do feel it's important because again, this is a relationship. This is like, I'm helping, you're helping me. I want to help you. You know what I mean? Uh, This is a two-way street. This is lifting as you climb at its finest. So TWT family, we will have all of her information in the show notes. This has literally been a pleasure. Thank you so much for pouring into me and allowing me to pour into you because I believe in 2023, we're going to have more reciprocal relationships. There's going to be more um, collaboration that happens. Mm -hmm. And so I want to just invite everyone listening to be open to that. Allow your inner child to feel safe enough to be seen, to be heard, and to collaborate with folks that are truly have your best interests. Until next week, um, TWT family, remember to lift as you climb, turn your trials into treasures, live a life to inspire and not impress, and allow God to fully restore you. Until next week, bye-bye.